0: hello everyone welcome to the newest episode of the theater enthusiast podcast as always i am drinking out of my hot priest mug which i did not show our guests see right? i have a thing and it says Neil on the back it's very fun the hot yeah cheers cheers hot priest candle is lit please welcome joe carroll there it is Ooh. you hear it? All right, I'm cutting applause. it off because we have limited time. Do you live for the applause like Lady Gaga?
1: I suppose I do, right? Because I'm an actor. I guess yeah. you know. Um. So, Allison, you started a podcast.
0: I did. You you have or had a podcast?
1: I yeah, yes, yes. Uh, is, is the answer is to that? Is
0: it on pause right now?
1: It's on pause. So yeah, I had a had slash have a podcast called Guys Who Like Musicals. Mm-hmm. um that's on the broadway podcast network we uh just paused like we were doing it all through the pandemic we did over 100 episodes oh, wow. for over the course of almost two years talked to a lot of really cool people um and during the pandemic we kept it going uh the pandemic's still happening right like not i, I hate that people say that they're like you know like oh the pandemic is it's not over bro it's not no. over so, I
0: work for a medical company, and our like first thing we do every morning is COVID results
1: mm-hmm.
0: still happening. I still right. wear my mask in yeah. stores, going into a theater, yeah, like yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So during the 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 height, uh, one of the peaks of what of you know the pandemic, my my buddy and I, Dan Tracy, uh, who's my co-host, um, I, he and I were just like we got kind of um a little bummed out frankly about talking about how much we love this thing we love theater and we love musical theater and we love broadway mm-hmm. and it was kind of nowhere in sight you know like it was just yeah. you know there it, it was kind of the dark days of 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 the pandemic and and then, as the reopening started, it was kind of so uh, you know it was a little messy with the way that Broadway reopened, and yeah. a lot of people still getting sick and shows shutting down and all this stuff. And so, so we just said, okay, we're just going to put this on pause. We because we were just a show, we just loved to, to to talk about how great it is. Like we we didn't want to get like you know we didn't want to you know talk you know sort of talk about it as it was you know as things were just continuing to be a bummer. So um, we just put it on pause. So it will return triumphantly at some point um but uh, i love that you started one it is and i also got to say this we stopped doing it because it is a ton of work
0: (laughs) yeah well like i say like i don't really edit my podcast it's like i record it and then i put it up and then i'm just like you know what maybe someday somebody will chat to me and be like hey like for free i will help you yes
1: yeah well people like the the unedited thing you know they like this is just I a completely candid do. conversation like i yeah. like you don't know i might say something completely insane and then it'll be on the airwaves forever
0: you know what that's fine that's why because before we started i told you how long other podcasts have gone for mm-hmm. because yeah. we literally just get off track and just start talking about like the office or just like some random things so yeah and that's kind of what I love about the podcast is like we are going to talk about you and your life and career in theater, but it just veers off into other things as well. I do want to mention really quickly I do always have um, show mugs for people. Mm. So, because you were in Romeo and Juliet, I jokingly call it Rome's and Jewels. Um, I have a Shakespeare's Love mug for you. And I was one of the lucky ones to see you in Boston in Moulin Rouge.
1: Wow. So Moulin
0: Rouge mug, although this is the Broadway production. But I do have a Boston Moulin Rouge tote bag somewhere in my apartment.
1: Amazing. Amazing. I want a Boston Moulin Rouge tote bag.
0: I'm sure you know the people. So. <laughs> it's really I have... dirty, though. I carried it around with my old job. Like all my shit was in there. And now it's nice. like, in a drawer somewhere.
1: Nice. When I was moving, I, I mentioned to you just before we jumped on that, that uh, we just, my wife and I just moved and, um, that's always a fun thing to discover old theater st- old opening night cards old yeah. tchotchkes and things and i found uh, Aaron Aaron gave us all um uh wine glasses that yeah. said that like the opening night and the like name of the show for boston and then i found this really cool picture that um uh um oh gosh i think it was matt murphy who did the photos but i don't if whoever did the photos for for boston um Mm -hmm. there was this very cool picture of us in the lobby of the emerson colonial theater like right after they rent the the renovation was complete and all that was you know and i was like oh like kind of down memory lane a little bit with those but i'm obsessed that she just brought up romeo and juliet because that that's one of those credits of mine that people that just kind of slips in there in the middle that people don't even really realize
0: research (laughs) i did a deep dive i always
1: Playbill vault and like no, a little everything. Instagram scroll and Wikipedia I, and off of you. Uh,
0: yeah. My, fa- <laughs> I always tell the story because I find it so funny. So I had Andrew Cobra on my podcast. I and love I, him. I asked him. Who doesn't? Seriously, I love him.
1: I, he is, we, I'd love to talk about him eventually. We don't have to talk about it right now because we're getting distracted, but he and I have a real, um, a hobby in common. We are our soulmates in a way, nice. Andrew Cobra and I, so.
0: Maybe I'll get a podcast of just like you and him, and then you two can just talk, and I'll just sit there watching. Mm-hmm. It'll be what, what, really
1: will great. we talk about it? It's incredibly boring to a lot of people, but we love it. We love airline points travel, so points, credit cards, and credit card miles, and and airline travel, and that stuff. We are, <clears throat> pardon me, crazy about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we text about it on a weekly basis. That's I, that's yeah. our thing.
0: I think you just created your new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> points <laughs> with Cobra and Carol.
1: <laughs> points with Cobra and Carol. That's what we needed yeah. to do. Done. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, he did um the reading series did a cabaret in February. And my intro was he's very handsome because that's what he wanted. And then I just talked about the credit card points and mm-hmm. then he came on stage and he sang.
1: Yeah, I love so, it.
0: What else can you? Talk about that, but yeah, no. Like I said, I did a deep dive, and with Cobra, you know, I was asking him, and he's like, "Whoa, you did your research." I'm like, "Why? Well, I'm not going to research a person I have come on to my podcast."
1: That's very nice. Damn. We we did not research some people that came onto our podcast.
0: That's fine. I have <laughs> because people, like they were yeah. like
1: friends or something. Not not we did a lot of our homework. I promise we did our homework, but like you know, we'd have people on, and it would be like be a friend, you know, mm-hmm. and it'd be a friend, yeah. and we just start shooting the shit with you know, Casey Levy or something. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's we we should know more of your credits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, I've had people them. on where I'm like, wait, oh wait, no, you did that. And then you I don't remember. But the, like I researched them and it just like left my brain. Totally. But let's start, let's talk about you. So where are you from?
1: Uh, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I grew up in Michigan. My family moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, but ba- basically I was born in, uh, Dayton, Ohio, mm-hmm. moved around a bit, lived in Chicago, Geneva, Illinois, outside of Chicago for 10 years. And then we moved to Michigan right before high school. And so then I did high school and college in Michigan. And my folks are still, still in Michigan.
0: Nice work. So Mitten.
1: Yeah. So I the Mitten, like uh,
0: school of, uh, no, not, I was going to say school of rock, rock of ages for mm-hmm. this. Cause they're like, Michigan.
1: yeah, yeah. And then they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, So, uh, yeah, because also visual aids are great for a podcast because everybody can see what we're doing. But if you hand, if you put, if you hold up up, the
0: hand, you guys,
1: you either hold up your right hand Mm -hmm. with the thumb on the left side or you hold up the back of your left hand with the thumb on the left side. Either way. And so uh, so Grand Rapids is uh, close to like the base of your ring finger kind of like in the middle of your hand
0: that's why you're a good teacher because you just described it perfectly for my five listeners out there (laughs) yeah
1: we 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 joked we joked about that with ours too it was like it was you know theater podcasts it's like it's like you know five theater nerds out there just like us and then like like my mother thanks mom thanks for listening you know
0: (laughs) i was talking to my mom today and she's like i was like oh yeah i'm recording my podcast she's like make sure you don't ask this i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry have you listened to my podcast she goes Maybe once or twice. Like, mm-hmm. Why are you telling me what to talk to about with people?
1: My mom did it constantly. She was always like, listen, she would give us notes. She was like our yeah. executive producer, truly. Like after every episode, we'd get like texts, Dan and I, but you know, my mom would, would say yeah. stuff like, I can't, I can't, I forget what it was, but she would always, you know, she's like, Hey, you know, you guys are really finding your voice and mm-hmm. this is really working. But like this part, like this didn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I say that because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, and got it. Giving me notes
1: got it got it so come yeah. on mom listen to the podcast
0: yeah come on she doesn't have time it's fine my best yeah. friend doesn't even listen to it and i call her out on it all the
1: time yeah that's Lord. great and then one day she'll start listening to it and uh-huh. uh you know all of these the shout outs will be there
0: she'll be like oh why did you do that so you like i feel like half of broadway went to university of michigan
1: yeah there's a there's a bit of us there's a handful
0: Which isn't a bad thing. They produce a lot of great people.
1: You know what? It's the musical. Yeah, the musical theater department and the acting department at at Michigan are really good. (laughs) Um, I had a great time there. Um, I blame. You know, you can. People say that a lot. You know that there's a lot of Michigan folks on Broadway, and you know you can blame whoever you want to blame. I blame um, like Celia Keenan-Bolger, Gavin Creel. The, you know, people from the sort of like late 90s and, and 2000s mm-hmm. who came through even before them to kind of make it what it was. And so like, you know, I was in high school watching YouTube videos of Jake Wilson and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um. Andrew Keenan-Bolger and, and Benj Pasek and stuff like that, saying like, oh, like, I think I want to go to school there. Um, and and yeah, it was it was it was great. It was it was an incredible time. And um, I was two and I was two hours from my family, which was a bonus, um, you know, that there was just a good musical theater program right down the road, which was just such a such a blessing. So, yeah. So that was college.
0: Yeah. Well, before we like go further, um, did you always want to do theater or kind of what led you to wanting to do that as a career? And
1: then go to college. Yeah. It. Um, so uh, I did my first musical when I was in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was um, actually, I always get the story wrong of exactly how she got involved with it, but there was a community theater at my elementary school, sort of middle school mm-hmm. part of the community. Um, and they, and she was volunteering or she was asked to volunteer um, and they needed adults to sing in the NYC you know, scene would be like, you know, the maids and the. And I'm the assuming this is Annie. Annie. Oh my gosh. Did I not say that? No, it's fine. So, yeah. So it, I just jumped. I just you jumped. You can tell story. who a
0: theater nerd is based on how you just described a scene. Okay. NYC scene. Oh, so Annie.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you know exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. So mm-hmm. Annie, uh, third grade, um, Annie, and so my mom uh, agrees to be in the ensemble. She's got a great singing voice, um, and uh, so she is in the ensemble uh, in of Annie, and she has to bring me to rehearsal. Um, you know, instead of getting a babysitter, so I just sat there like enraptured with this this play when I was in the third grade. I just sat there like couldn't take my eyes off it, and then they said, "Hey, you know," the director said, "Hey, do you want to be a part of this?" Um, you know, we need boys, and so I was a I was a newsboy in the NYC and Annie, and it just became a thing that I did. Um, every year was, you know, I just, you know, I would I would play some sports, and my folks had this motto when we were growing up that my mom was like, "I don't care what you do, but you are not coming home at three o'clock, and bugging me." You know like like you you have to you have to be involved in in sports and arts and extracurriculars and you have to go do stuff you know Mm -hmm. Uh, you're not going to be like you know looking at me at three o'clock like going and getting into trouble so every season i kind of had to pick something some extracurricular and so i always would i was playing sports and doing theater and then um it just became like i found a real community in it throughout middle school and and just did a show every year and then you get to high school and you sort of have to really pick, like, okay, what are you gonna do with your time? And uh so I I said, Okay, well I'll I'll do a couple of sports and then I'll do the spring musical. And uh I auditioned for that. It was Hello Dolly, um, which is still one of my favorite shows and in that cast was a a guy named johnny stellard and johnny is is still very much in the business he went and went to elon for musical theater he did a vita on broadway a whole bunch of stuff and um he was auditioning for he was he was a junior and he was he was about to go audition for for colleges for musical theater and i was like that's a thing you can do you know you can what do you mean you can major in musical theater you can major in acting he's like oh yeah and then through him, I met more people who also were, you know, who had either had gone through musical theater auditions or, uh, you know, college auditions or were already majoring in musical theater in college. And then I realized it could be a career. Mm. And then slowly over the course of high school, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at this. And, you know, I had a passion for it. And then, you know, I did a summer program before my senior year of, of, of high school, uh, at U of M at Michigan and was completely hooked. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I regret that decision every single <laughs> day of my life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it how it happened, sort of slowly but surely. But since I was really little, I've been doing it a long time.
0: And where did that um and I say because I told you I did a deep dive. So there's a photo of you as the prince in Swan Lake. Now, where did that yes. come about for the hashtag boys also dance?
1: Yes, yes. So that was actually that was. Oh gosh, Katie Wilson's gonna kill me. The 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 girl who's in that photo with me, uh, my friend Katie. That wasn't Swan Lake. It was. I think it was Cinderella.
0: Looked like a tutu. So yeah, I was in
1: white. Or oh, shoot, what was that? I danced with the ballet company in high school, and so we did we did a uh, a number of ballets, um, Midsummer Night's Dream. I think it was Cinderella. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, we, I did a, a couple of ballets in high school. Um, this was like a, it was called Care Ballet, West Michigan. Um, great. They're still around, still, still kicking literally. And, um, uh, I realized I, the, the choreographer of Hello Dolly after my freshman year of high school was like, yo, if you want to do musical theater, you got to learn how to dance. I was like, okay. And so I took my first dance class was a tap class with a bunch of nine-year-olds and I was 16 and I, they just tap circles around me. Never been more sort of humbled in my life than Mm -hmm. when you take a a dance class with a bunch of children and they're better than you. Um, And then I did a dance intensive that summer and walked out literally in the middle of the warm up, like the first jazz class. I was just like, I'll stand in the back and try to do the best I can and was so... And I was an athlete my whole life. I was a hockey player, and so I was in okay shape. But I like I could not hang with these dancers. And so uh, in the middle of the warm up of the first jazz class of the first day of a week long dance intensive, I walked out and just was like, I can you know I can't do this. And you know, recircle, you know circle it back up and and ended up uh, going back to the classes and danced all through high school. But um, but yeah, that was. I loved ballet. I still love ballet. I think it's just unbelievable. I think that they're actual super superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like, you know, in high school, I'd sit around watching, you know, videos of Baryshnikov being like, how in God's name, you know, does mm-hmm. this, do people do this <laughs> with their yeah. bodies? Are you, know?
0: you also obsessed with Center Stage, the movie?
1: Completely. Like, completely. Oh, I could, I, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the entire end of that movie is like, an unbelievable ballet um i used to know the names of the of all of those dancers um isn't zoe zaldana in that movie
0: yes yes so mm-hmm. zoe
1: zaldana and then the two guys people, were both
0: yeah. guys name i it's like it's in my seth head something it's, I, seth... Some, it's, it's, it's seth some it's not seth rodetsky.
1: rodetsky yeah it's not seth imagine
0: rodetsky. if it was seth rodetsky that would just be like whole other yeah no it's not it's seth something and yeah. then the girl i can't think of their names but i know their names if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
1: absolutely like the whole sequence where the the two guys are like you know showing off about like the way that they're going to end the variation and you know yeah. double tours and all of these things and yeah. then uh yeah it's just unbelievable the movie's so great and so terrible yeah. at the same time and
0: they were principals in a american ballet theater and now they actually know the guy who played Charlie works for American Ballet Theatre, and Ethan Stiefel is like an artistic director somewhere of some ballet. Yeah, His wife is still in ABT.
1: And why is that not a movie, or or, 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 or I mean a movie, uh, a musical? Show? Why have uh, yeah stage show? Why have they not turned that
0: into? Yeah. I'm sure a Broadway at some shot. point they will. I feel like they're concentrating on like '80s movies coming to Broadway.
1: Yeah, Back to yeah.
0: the Future is happening, and The Karate right. Kid. So right yeah right
1: so we just need to like wait 10 years is that what you're saying and then there'll be anyway. a center stage
0: i told broadway my show. old roommate yeah my old roommate she works for like a broadway producing company and i said you have to get true beverly hills to be a musical it has something for people like me for the gays they have a song about cookies you don't need anything <laughs> else
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> great half.
0: That's and that's so all you good. need so how did uh rada rada yeah Royal academy of Dramatic arts come into play in your your career
1: um yeah that was in uh it was a semester abroad in college um still like the best semester best six months of my life um that place is very special it was this program Michigan didn't have a um this is like a tangent but i just think that study abroad is so important if you can do it if you you know if if you have the means if you're you know a school has access to that it's just super duper mind blowing and um Michigan Michigan's musical theater program and acting program didn't have any study abroad um kind of uh you know sister school or whatever but they there were students in the past that had said hey I want to study abroad and they found this program through NYU and NYU partners with Rada and so and then it's basically like a Shakespeare intensive for yeah. the semester you know, sort of a lot of the greatest hits of RADA education, movement, um, uh, stage combat, voice, speech, you know, scenes, all of that stuff. Um, and it was incredible. It was incredible. I still and even even yesterday, yesterday I was riding my bike through Harlem and I ran into one of my classmates from RADA, who is a NYU. Yeah. Um, and he was we were the same year at NYU and uh, he was just walking on the street in Harlem. And like, I'm still incredibly close with a lot of people from that semester because it was just you know I always loved musical theater and and still obviously do but this was just a semester of just acting of just text of just the classics and we saw theater like every night you could get $10 you know 10 pound tickets to see most of the things on the west end or at the national theater so we would go like you know and fringe and all sorts of stuff we we saw so much great theater that that semester and that was 2010 which is like, I can't believe i still, I it still feel like it
0: grow up a little bit inside because I mm-hmm. like had already graduated college when you said that.
1: Okay. So okay.
0: Just like, Oh, he's younger.
1: Yeah. I got you. Well, I'm so, I'm sorry about that. Cause I just, I look at it and I'm like, still, that was 12 years ago. And I still think it was like, you know, four ish. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: just... I just saw a show the other night and I have these people coming onto to my podcast actually. And, um, it's called McBitches and it takes place overnight and they had just cast a college production of the Scottish play. Amazing. And it like, just like brought me back to when I was in college and like the different archetypes that they had in this show. Not yeah. really like my experience personally dealing with like what was happening, but just, um, you know, the insecurities that these girls had about getting cast in a show, it definitely related to. And I was like, oh, Amazing. college. I remember. Amazing. Yeah, it's called
1: McBitches. Is it out now?
0: Yeah, it's at the Kane Theater. That sounds
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, it's. I actually really enjoyed it, and it was very funny. I don't want to give too much away because I do have some people coming onto the podcast.
1: I love it. No, I, I, uh, yeah. I, I want. I just want to see it. That sounds great.
0: Oh no, please do. It's. I. I really enjoyed it. It's like ninety minutes. Kane Theater, Thirty Sixth Street. Really love nice it. set. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Check Take that. Yeah. So you graduate college, then what happens?
1: Graduated college. And <laughs> then, um, what happened after that? Well, I guess like the, the greatest hits, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I went and I did a summer stock season or I did, I, I did one show at a, at a small theater in Michigan called Mason street warehouse. That is a wonderful, um, professional, regional theater i did my first show there in college um and worked with uh, uh like tim shu who was uh you know jonathan shu and tim Hsu, tim was in you know one of the longest running valjeans in history did guys and dolls all of these things and you know i was 18 i got to meet him and work with him which was incredible and then i went back there um and did avenue q got my equity card and i moved to new york um with my equity card in in august and then in august of my of, of that year of 2012, I started auditioning for once and made my Broadway debut in once um in
0: September-ish.
1: Was it September? Yeah, September of uh, early September of, of 2012. So um once had won the Tony uh in you know that year and they were adding some additional coverage, they kind of realized that they I, were I, gonna be around for a second. So
0: I am very well versed in once.
1: Mm, Sorry My
0: my favorite It's you didn't know So it's It has a very Special place in my heart That show
1: Yeah Did you see it um, Yes uh, Like on Broadway Like off Broadway too Or both Or whatever
0: I I literally tell this story Like every single podcast About it
1: I love it Because it's still my It's my favorite show That I just so happen to Be able to be a part of So I'm
0: I saw it Total of 10 times altogether Like including off Broadway So when I first saw it I, I love Steve Kazee. I've been a fan of his since he was in Spamalot. And so I got like a, a flyer in the mail. I'm like, let me just get a ticket for this. Because if I don't, I will never see the show. Saw it on a matinee. And I have never done this. And I haven't done it since. At intermission, I bought myself a ticket to see the show again.
1: Oh, my God. I love that.
0: <laughs> and then the second time I saw it off Broadway, nobody applauded throughout the show because they were just like so engrossed in what mm-hmm. was happening. Yep. And then I was there the first night of previews on Broadway where wow. I don't know if you heard the story about like the encore encore. Okay. So they come out, they do the curtain call. They come out again. They do the encore curtain call lights go up. Nobody has left the theater. The audience is still going crazy. They like mm. wouldn't leave and they had to make the actors come out again and do another curtain call.
1: Oh, my the God. Audience didn't
0: leave. It was like probably one of the most like na- magical nights in the theater I've ever had.
1: Holy cow. Yeah, I love that so, so much. I mean, that still is. Yeah, it's like the greatest my uh, argue, my greatest theatrical memories. Um, yeah. I. Remember, my wife, so I met my wife in in college and she remembers, I don't really remember this, but- If you want to know
0: the story of their first date, you can find it on YouTube.
1: It is on YouTube. (laughs) YouTube. Um, So uh, uh, she remembers when we were in college, me showing her that movie. She'd never seen the movie before. Mm -hmm. And and me saying to her, I think this would make a great musical. I don't remember saying that. She remembers saying that. So fast forward to senior year or junior year. Um, there's you know, rumorings that it's that it's happening, um, that they're gonna do it at you know ART and then they're doing it off Broadway. And I have always been an instrumentalist. I've I played um started playing drums when I was really, really little. I had an uncle, uh have an uncle who's a drummer. Um, and that was just a huge part of my life growing up, uh playing in the middle school band and playing in bands in high school. Mm-hmm. Picked up a guitar uh in middle school, always took piano lessons and it was just kind of something that again like I just kind of like everything and all sorts of things and so I just um it was just part of my life got to college and really John Doyle really changed the game as far as the actor musician mm-hmm. story was con- was concerned you know that revival of Company and and Sweeney and everything else so that was starting to become really, really cool and and really something. And I just keep I kept playing instruments and you know I played in the pit of Rent my freshman year of college and um, played in bands. And then you know okay, once is happening. And I remember looking. So it comes to Broadway, and I had a friend, a uh, classmate whose father was a producer on the show. And I said to her, like, you know, it was it it had already turned out to be one of the biggest hits of the season. And I said, I, you know, I was going to New York for an audition my senior year. Uh, I think they were still in previews, or maybe they they had just opened. And I, you know, and she hooked me up with a ticket. And I wept like a baby. I saw myself in all of those people, every single one of them. And I was like, this is what I'm meant to do, and what I'm meant to be doing. And at intermission, I looked in the program. So this is like this is like March or April of, 12, of 2012. And I saw in the program that there was one guy, his name is Ben Hope, and he is still my dear friend, that uh, he covered four people, including he cl- covered Guy and he covered a couple of the, the other instrumentalists. And I said, if I'm going to skip the line, if I'm going to be in a Broadway show way before I've ever put in my dues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play this guy's part. um, Because I play all of these instruments except for like the banjo. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I started teaching myself the music just with the cast album, with, you know, any, any of Glenn Hansard's music that I could find. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that that fall, they were looking for for standbys for Kristen and Steve. Mm-hmm. So I started auditioning for Steve's standby and, uh, you know, went through the whole audition process and got down to the end, and they 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 said to me, "Um, you know, you look you're you know you're too young to be Steve's standby. we're It's looking like we're going to promote one of the understudies. Mm-hmm. Do you really play all of these instruments that are on your resume?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Um and they were like, "Do you play the banjo?" And I lied?" And I said, "Yes. <laughs> and I said, "Yes, I play the banjo. I've never picked up a banjo in my life." And I was like, you know, if, if if I need to, I'll I'll figure it out. You know, I'll lock yeah. myself in a room for a couple of days and figure it out. And so then I started auditioning for that swing track uh, for the understudy. You know, it was like covering four four characters. They promoted Ben Hope. Ben Hope became the standby. Mm-hmm. Um, he went into the show with Laura Dreyfus, who's still a good friend of mine um, mm-hmm. from Politician and Glee fame and um, Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, they were the standbys and then I came in and I took over Ben's job as the understudy and I got a call as I was going through security at Newark airport I got a text message and I had a phone call a text message from the casting director as I'm going I had to put my phone through the little through the belt and the text came in right as I was walking through security hey you're gonna be the yeah you're gonna be the new understudy and one you're gonna make your Broadway debut uh, as the Probably understudy. Like, I'm one.
0: crying for you I'm sorry I just <laughs> yeah. like I can I can have an entire podcast just talking about the show
1: yeah. 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 I mean, I I mean we could just see her talking about it too. I mean, it was my favorite. It was the most unbelievable experience. And then I made my debut in a track that I was not really uh I had I never had to put in for it. Um mm-hmm. it was the bass player, Andre. Mm-hmm. Um they did told me Did you go on? Yes.
0: Ever oh yeah, Andre saw, for the first time.
1: Yeah, that was Andre for the first time. That was what I did. And then that I did that one the most. I did that track the most. Um and then I did Svetch the Drummer. Mm -hmm. and the MC and Mm -hmm. Eamon. And it was very cool because my last show, um, I put in my notice to go do Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. And, um, my, this is like one of these things on Broadway that like, you know, whoever, I don't really care if, you know, if I get in trouble for it, but basically I asked the guy who was playing Eamon at the time, I said, Hey, I, you know, Sunday's my last show. Do you mind calling out so that I can go on in your track for the last show? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and he was like, and he was like, yeah, sure. So, so he, he took the day off. And uh and I went on and Eamon, you remember, so Eamon has all of the lines about leaving. Mm-hmm. Eamon says, like, you know, You made great music today, you know, like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you know, best we be go but you know, all this the fair play, all of this stuff that he says is all about leaving. And I just was like, I was a mess. He stands front and center and sings the a cappella gold. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was just it was an incredible experience. It was an incredible show. We just had a reunion a couple of weeks ago uh, that Lucas Papelius put together. And we mm-hmm. sat in the back room of an Irish bar on 45th Street and yeah. made music. And it's, it's still... St- aka
0: like, the guy from School of Rock. Never
1: forget. Yeah, I never forget that he's the guy from School of Rock. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still like the best experience my whole life. And there's a lot of these stories on our podcast too. But my, my mother told me as I was going into my first day of rehearsal, she was like, try to remember one thing. Because if you, if you try to remember everything, you're going to remember nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember on my first day to get to the Jacobs Theater, you walk through this alley that shares with the Golden Theater, Jacobs Theater, and the Majestic Theater. Mm-hmm. And so the Majestic is on your right, and Phantom is happening there. I forget what was playing at the Golden at the time, but it was a play. I think it was a play with James Earl Jones. And then, the uh, yeah, possibly, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the Jacobs, and there was a sign that was clearly from like the dawn of electricity mm-hmm. that is hanging in that alley that says, uh, that lights up after seven o'clock, that says the curtain is up. And there's, and it's, it's just, I just remember walking through a stage door and seeing that sign in this alley surrounded by garbage and being like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, like, yeah. you know, Julie Andrews sat on these stairs yeah, that I'm walking past to like go into this theater, you know. Anyway, yeah. so it was pretty cool. I
0: remember I saw once one time, and the person I saw with she and I were all the way right orchestra, mm-hmm. and so because of that alleyway, we heard a very muffled Masquerade. Absolutely, Phantom. So we yep. had two shows for the price of one that night.
1: Uh huh. You can kind of hear what's going on <laughs> at, at Phantom.
0: <laughs> <I> really... <Right.
1: laughs> Something very quiet is happening during once, and you hear yeah. like you know angel of and music like, happening yeah
0: no we only heard masquerade though so it kind of was that it wasn't like the entirety of phantom but no i i used to do merch at shows so i'm um, cool i know that alleyway fairly well because of the golden theater yeah that's, like whatever i yeah. also like one night of merch at a bandstand nbd oh yeah which we'll get to so i, I love Talk about Romeo and Juliet, because I was kind of like a thing for the moment because like Orlando Bloom was going to be in it and
1: right.
0: Ola Rashad and all of and that.
1: No one came to see it.
0: <laughs> I did. I was there. I don't remember you, but I do remember Orlando Bloom coming on stage in a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was yep. like a very bare stage with fire at some point.
1: Lots of fire. Yeah. yeah. Yep yeah um
0: ma'am. just he trying to make that show happen God yeah Lord. I like
1: you know it's one of those crazy moments uh in my life because like it's just like it's how the entertainment industry works in general, right like i'm twenty three I don't really know anything, but I'm not gonna do this play with with arguably one of the biggest movie stars in the world
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um That experience, while unbelievable, to be able to do Shakespeare on Broadway, like it, just like I said, I was joking about it, but like people didn't come, Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't matter. Like I mean, that all of these great people were, you know, were doing it, and you know, it just didn't catch, and we closed. Um, (laughs) it's sad because I, 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 I was his understudy. I was Orlando's understudy, and I had dates to perform the role the the week after week closed so what they decided to do because we weren't selling super well was like they and he was going to go do press for the latest Lord of the Rings movie and I was going to do eight shows and they just closed the show that week Yeah. Um. instead of you know have to go through the whole thing so that really stunk that I never got to perform it but it was still like I mean I love Shakespeare and you don't
0: have to pay royalties for Shakespeare just go into the park and do your own production of Romeo and Juliet like grab your wife and just just run around this
1: is good this is a good idea yeah just do it myself yeah just Um,
0: go to belvedere castle and just like do a scene from romeo and juliet and (laughs) you know like have at it
1: exactly um and then my i i i tell people this all the time i mean it's kind of a broken record but i got that from an open call i went to an open call audition you know for people who don't know you know you can go to um uh basically open open calls for broadway shows anybody who's a member of the union can go and audition um i could not get an appointment for the show from my agent um i said hey i want to get seen for this romeo and juliet um with rolando bloom and you know a lot of times if you are still happens if you're a young actor and you don't have a you know an mfa from juilliard or yale it is sometimes hard to break into classical theater you know they they want to see these people who from these storied programs and i got a musical theater degree and i know that that's one of the reasons why i couldn't get seen for it and i said well you know fuck it i'm gonna go to this open call and went anyway and um and was called back from that open call and and ended up auditioning a couple times and got uh yeah, and I just you know it was fun because I I had seen a really great production of Romeo and Juliet in London when I was studying abroad, mm-hmm. and I just stole all of the choices that that guy made yes. in London. I just stole all of it because I remember watching the show, and you know everybody knows Romeo and Juliet, you know the famous balcony scene. Um, that was the audition side for Romeo, and I walked into the open call, and you could pick the scene that you wanted to read, mm-hmm. and. I was like, and and I was like, oh, I can maybe be Benvolio. I can maybe like be his buddy, like, you know, Mm -hmm. some buddy of some movie star. But you know what? If I'm not going to get a call back, if I'm not going to hear anything from these people ever again, I'm just going to go do what I want for fun. Like, this is just another audition. I'm just going to go like have some fun. How many times in your life do you get to actually do the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet? So I'm just going to go do this and, you know, see what happens. Well, in this production that happened in London, um, the line, what light through yonder window breaks does not mean... Oh, look at this beautiful girl up in the window. It means oh fuck, my enemy just turned on the lights and I'm about to get murdered because I am in the wrong place. I am in enemy territory, and they just turned the lights on. So in this production, this guy says that and he ran off the stage and jumped into the audience and hid behind somebody in the front row. And like wow. it was, it was you know, what light through the yonder window breaks, and he runs in, off the stage and hides. And I was like, oh my god, it blew my mind of like what we think you know classical text and what we think something means and what it actually means and so i just did that i just stole that guy's choice and i remember the casting director being like you know yeah you you really had an interesting take on that scene i was like oh yeah because i just stole it from this other guy did
0: <laughs> you guy. tell them that or you were just say thank you I, <laughs> I didn't
1: tell him i know i didn't tell him that i tell everybody that subsequently because i was like 23 i wanted to seem like i knew what well, i was now doing now yeah. yeah yeah just steal steal from other artists and you know it's called being inspired or it's the line between plagiarism and being inspired is razor thin sometimes.
0: So we are like coming, we have a little bit of time left. So I just, it's really funny that you bring up the whole musical theater degree thing because in the past with like working with musical theater actors on those things, you know, the readings and everything that we've done in the past. Yeah. What is your take on that? Because you're also now starting to do a lot of television work. Um, Do you find it harder I mean probably not for TV work but when it comes to getting to do plays what's your take on that because they like they see musical theater do you find it harder to get into a play because of it
1: Um I do think it's a bit of an uphill battle to be honest yeah um but once you prove yourself once you actually like go in those rooms and and yeah. show them that you are capable yeah. then you're in it's just yeah. I think it's I think just like anything you know, it's, it's harder to, um, sometimes get in the door, you know? And I think that that is, that's an, that's an equity, true meaning of equity thing across the board. I think just like we shouldn't hold these old school institutions on such a high pedestal because you're missing out on people who are great. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, musical theater people, or just people who didn't have the means to go to Yale. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to, you know, that shouldn't be the barrier to entry, but unfortunately it is sometimes. Yeah. And people will say that about musical theater, as far as Michigan is concerned, people might look at me and be like, oh yeah, you went to Michigan and got a BFA in musical theater. Like, you know, they might think the same thing, but, um, yeah, yeah, I do think it's harder, but once you get in those, those rooms, uh, you know, casting directors want to trust you. They want you to be good. Yeah. You know, so you just sometimes you have to deliver and then you're in.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's because we do again have limited time and I have other things to ask. Let's talk really quickly about bandstand because that mm-hmm. kind of blew up in a good way, yeah. You know, so and you talked about being a drummer, so you were the drummer in the band. So, talk about the audition process and everything for that,
1: talk yeah. That was it way. was cool. Um, it, I that was a you know, Tara Rubin, you know, like I said, casting directors want you to succeed, like you know, God bless Tara Rubin. Um, uh, just got i got an offer to do a reading uh, of bandstand back in 2014 and um pardon me it was just a reading and you know no one was playing music no one was playing instruments um Slightly different cast at the time. I mean, it was just people to read these roles, but I happened to play the drums, which mm-hmm. she knew, I'm pretty sure, because I had auditioned for the one of the productions of the Black Suits, Joe Iconis' show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sent them a video of me playing the drums. So I'm pretty sure that that's how they knew that, or once, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but um, I got asked to do the reading and then just kept doing readings. And then uh, flash forward to, what year was that now? 2016? we did 16 yeah six fall of 16 we did it at paper mill and i'd had to re i had to totally audition as everybody did for the show um went in and read and then we had we did a band audition a band call where everybody who was auditioning came into one room and we had the two charts we had ain't too proud and uh one other one i forget what it was but we played in different configurations so it was me and one other drummer and he was a better drummer than i was for sure and i we just We'd play with different horn players, different combinations of people, and you know, some guys who were clearly like professional musicians who they were seeing if they could read. And then I think some actors, you know, a lot of actors who c- could also play a bit. Um, and then we did it at paper mill and we waited. We didn't know if we were going to Broadway until um gosh, I feel like I'm getting my dates wrong. I feel like I'm getting my dates wrong. Cause that might have been fifty anyway, whatever. We didn't go to Broadway for a year, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, over a year and, uh, yeah, but it was crazy. And then just the, the response that people have had to it really subsequently, like it it's kind of blown up, like, you know, uh, the cast album, uh, bootlegs, the vid, we did film it for, uh, you know, it was in movie theaters. We release it kind of like every year on, uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, stuff like that. It'll come back out to movie theaters, which is cool. Um, but again, another one that was like one of the greatest, coolest experiences of all time and just. The, the producers did everything they could to keep it open but it just you know it got to you know the the fall it got to september of that year and they just they were like hey you know we we got to close and we kind of kind of saw it coming because the, the grosses weren't as great as they needed to be but it was it was incredible and it's i'm so glad that it lives on that people keep singing the songs like a lot of women sing yeah. uh love will come and find me again and Um, you know, a lot of duets from anyway, it's, it's a really, it was a really special experience.
0: Yeah. So how did, uh, Moulin Rouge Boston happen? Um, another audition you went on?
1: Yeah. Another, kind of another audition. I mean, like so many people, one of my favorite movies of all time, I remember seeing it in the theaters with my mom. Um, we'd go to movies all the time together growing up. That was kind of our thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we saw it that year, you know, whatever, 2000, 2001. And I just loved it. I would listen to the cast album all the time. And then I uh, saw they were doing it in mm-hmm. Boston, um, tried to get an audition, couldn't get an audition, said to my agent, like for, to play Christian, um, and said to my agent, like, can I just tape? Please just let me tape. So I made a, made a self-tape and then got a call like, hey, they want to see you in person. Uh, I was like, yes, they actually watched the tape, <laughs> you know, and they, they liked it. Um, and I went back in for a final, sort of a, a, a true, uh, you know, work session, producer session, um, -hmm. before Boston. And, um, and then, uh, Timbers called me personally and said, Hey, you know, we're going a different direction with the role, but if there's any way you'd understudy, um, we'd love to have you. And I was like, Oh my God, like Alex Timbers just called, like, you know, how do you not say yes to that? Um, and so I did. And so we, I did the, the lab, um, down in the Lower East side. And then we went to Boston the following summer and it was made some of my dearest friends i still keep in touch with those people all the time Mm -hmm. um max clayton turned is is not it turned into my brother i mean you know we just one of my absolute best friends and um the show has been so successful it's been amazing and um and then when it came to broadway um i just made a career gamble to say hey i didn't i don't want to understudy right now um i want to play parts and i want to you know have a little bit more responsibility so you know i'm not gonna do my track um uh because also i i can't dance like you know uh, you know max or kyle or olu or any of these people who are in the show like i couldn't dance so i was standing off on the side like you know being like sort of you know yeah. vocal support basically um and uh and then understanding the, the couple principles and which is you know, it was an incredible experience, but I just said, Hey, I'm I'm gonna take a gamble on myself and and then started auditioning for Frozen basically right after that. And then um
0: Frozen and, happened. And then
1: Frozen happened. So yeah. um it kind of looks like in the history of my career, sort of like, oh, like Frozen happened, and then I didn't yeah. go with Moulin Rouge. Um, but the truth was that I had to kind of gamble and say, Hey, you know, I'm gonna see what happens. Um And then actually i got a call i had another job this spring but they did call me to see if i'd come in and 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 do my part on moulin rouge uh this like in april or whatever and i couldn't do it but i was actually really excited because i like i wasn't doing anything i love the show and i was like oh my like yeah like this would have been great but i had another gig at the time so
0: yeah Oh, life must be so hard. You had another job.
1: Well, it actually, it wasn't even that glamorous. It was just, it was a production job. I have a production company with my, with Dan, my buddy, and we were doing some video work and we had this whole, you know, this whole thing together uh, to shoot this, this big video campaign. And I was like, I can't really walk off the job. Yeah. You know, I got to do this thing that I, you know,
0: you know, you never know. It could come back around.
1: I'd love it. I'd love it yeah, to get to like
0: Alex Timbers. If you are magically listening to this podcast,
1: yeah, exactly, ago. exactly. Derek uh, Klein has just had. Did he just have a kid, or he's having a kid? Like, like, give me a I call. Actually, I, saw,
0: I, I think two weeks ago, I somehow magically won the lucky seat Lotto. Oh, so,
1: in the front, in the in the, the. No,
0: I I actually didn't have bad seats. I was like front mezzanine, like very last row of the front, like all the way on the oh, side, cool. so nice. quicker to the bathroom. Um, but I, I've seen the show many times at this point. Um, I just really love it. And I just, what I like about Alex Timbers is that he not only, you know, you have the stage, but he makes the entire theater a part of the show.
1: Yeah, definitely. My, my, sorry. My agent said when he saw it, he was like, it's like, um, one of the, the pillars of, of drama, you know, like one of them is spectacle. It's like something like some Aristotle thing or something that like it's a spectacle truly like yeah. it is just an over-the-top like you are immersed in yeah that that you know Derek mcclain set and everything else it's just yeah. incredible so
0: well he also made it that way for i don't know who did the set for it but bloody bloody andrew jackson yeah whole theater and beetlejuice as well i haven't seen totally. it key, but our our bff andrew Kober's in it
1: we we went to go see it we went to see nice. it because we had we didn't see it my wife and i uh he Cobra and and alex did um Limits is together um and so we went to go see it and he was on in one of his tracks um and then and then alex brightman is also a good a good friend of mine and so it was good to see all, it it's incredible what they've done with that theater yeah you're just immersed you're just a yeah. part of it it's just amazing
0: yeah so let's talk briefly about your tv work i will say when i used to watch new amsterdam it was very nice to like see somebody like i know pop up oh And that storyline, I kind of knew it was coming, but I didn't know exactly per se what was coming with that storyline that you had. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it was just fully, it's just fully insane here. Let me let's, okay. We're going to talk about New Amsterdam. I'm going to go see if my wife wouldn't mind teaching in the, uh, in the other room. I'm going to
0: pause. So
1: cool. So let me just ask her if she can teach out there and then we can keep chatting for a little while. We're good.
0: And we're back. So oh, New Amsterdam. Yeah, great. Where <laughs> we left off. Uh,
1: yeah. One of the <laughs> the stranger one of the stranger um guest stars I've ever done. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, we can, let's talk about it. So, and I mean, you have a lot. You're getting a lot more television credit. And we'll also talk about Five Days at Memorial. We'll get to awesome. that. Um. Awesome. I haven't watched it yet. It started, right? Like on Friday? Yeah. The, just yeah.
1: last week, they released oh, yeah. the first three last week. Mm-hmm. And then there's a fourth episode that just came out yesterday, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, good. we took that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: But I don't want to like jump ahead. I know. I, don't I t- Talk about like your surprise appearance on Maisel. Cause I always like when I see shows that I like, and I was like, Oh my God, I know that person.
1: Right. Right. Though, right. Like,
0: it's funny, like I know you, but like we've never met in person. Okay? No,
1: I mean that's one of those things about this. We didn't even talk about like how we know each other. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if you do that with with guests, but just like well, I mean,
0: I will say um, I mentioned it a lot, and then I had somebody who I, I did a reading with two years ago come on the podcast, and then I kept bringing up, oh, I did these readings, and they're like, oh, you did readings, and I just got like so embarrassed, and they were apologetic mm. about it because they were joking, but I'm like, right. I'm going to tame myself with.
1: I love it. I well,
0: how I know all these people.
1: Well, we did a very cool reading together. Yeah, well, we, we did a
0: reading of Red Light Winter, and it yes. was awesome, and it yeah. was a really great reading. Yeah. Um. And we got Adam Rapp to do the Q and A with us after, which was insane to me. Yeah,
1: that was that was stupid. That yeah. was incredibly stupid in a cool way.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I specifically remember where i was in central park when he wrote back to me i think i'm like instagram or facebook i'm on one of the socials where he agreed to do it yeah and i literally was jumping up and down like a lunatic and i'm like i don't care i'm in central park who the fuck knows who i am
1: yep, yep. just crazy crazy yeah. cool and that's crazy also cool.
0: like another thing that we always had which was casting last minute Mm-hmm. because we didn't have the davis until like three days before the reading happened
1: yeah that makes sense that sounds like everything though you know yeah. you know i always love being like when i get a cast when i get a breakdown or an audition that says like you know immediate replacement or like starts work next week starts work yeah. tomorrow it's like oh awesome like they're desperate and if they're desperate they're going to be more likely to cast me
0: yeah <laughs>
1: because there are less people <laughs> like you know anyway
0: yeah. well no, i just find it really funny too because you know, it got to the point where I'm like, "We're gonna find the right person." Because I always said, like, we always are meant to get who we are meant to get, even if it's like last minute. And everyone's like, "These actors aren't doing anything. It's a pandemic. Why aren't they saying yes?" I'm like, "We will get somebody. Like, it'll be fine."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, totally.
0: About it. And totally. like the short amount of time we had, we put on a really great reading. Yeah. And yeah, I also truly think it helps that the script was really great too.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely
0: and very descriptive um, stage directions. Mm. Yeah. massively, yeah. Yeah. There was one La show we were going to do. It didn't work out, but there's like a stage direction in there that I still to this day like laugh about, because I'll tell you off air about it, off air, off. Amazing, now, amazing. Because it's a new work, not to like spoil anything, but it was oh, so great.
1: Chef's kiss, great. Yeah. I love it, it wasn't the
0: one that you were offered, but it's fine. One day, maybe you'll do it, who knows?
1: Yeah, I'm not saying no.
0: I, I emailed Neil Butte this morning and he wrote back to me. So you never know.
1: That's very cool. And it's crazy, like when you, yeah, when you email people like that and they respond.
0: It's mostly like it stems back from like for me with college. Like if you told me like over 10 years later that I would have a working relationship with Neil Butte, like I'd be like, you're funny.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Anyway, yep. so the storyline on New Amsterdam yeah (laughs) it's It's great get off track yeah so you and your fiance did like a 23 and me and then you found out that you were brother and sister (laughs) donor or something
1: yes (laughs) yes that's it and um yeah so that was the guest star and we were we went into the like the office of the um like the counselor Mm-hmm. and we're trying to like work it out or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and apparently it came from um uh the the writer read about it. he sent, he sent me the article basically that it was true like a like loosely based on a true story that like oh. this is a thing that with 23 and me and and these genetic testing things that like people are realizing you know, that they have relatives in places they didn't have, blah, blah, blah. But that actually, you know, people in small towns or, you know, are, are actually related. And it's very, it's kind of weird, but yeah. you know, you don't realize it. It's not like, you know, anyway, so it was really, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre, like ethical yeah. episode. And it really did end on like a, what are they going to do? I don't know what they're going to do.
0: Well, I, cause I distinctly remember it because again, it's like somebody I, worked with was in something and it was he said like you guys you know if you want to be together you can be together you just can't have kids <laughs> that was pretty right. much what he said
1: yeah that was kind of how it, he's like you can't have kids but you guys you guys need to figure it out yeah um yeah is super weird um but i mean honestly for me like it's kind of macro that like going to work on a television show in New York city period Mm -hmm. is the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. And so kind of when any of them call, you know, like when you get an audition for any of these and now I've been fortunate enough to do a few, um, it's like, Oh, great. Like I'm going in for new Amsterdam. Like you don't really get to choose.
0: Yeah. You you know, SVU yet. I don't think you have, I
1: haven't, I haven't done law and order. Um, I just had Honestly, my second audition ever for Law and Order, like a couple of weeks ago. The last one I went in, I had one audition a number of years ago, but I haven't really even auditioned for it very much, like for you know, whatever reason. Um, so very much available. Yeah. Jonathan Strauss, if you're listening Well, listener, I just remember
0: yeah, for years Chris Sieber in his uh bio had like had Mr. Sieber has never appeared on <laughs> Law and Order. And then Is that, was that who that was? was? Yeah.
1: Because I remember reading it like in the Spam a lot, you consumer. know, playbook, like a long, long time. That's yeah. so funny. That's so funny. And
0: then he finally made an appearance on SVU. Did he really? It, yeah. And it no longer says that. And I think it was like one year at the Tony's where Danny Burstein was nominated and they were talking about like all of the performers on it who were on SVU and they kept showing Danny Burstein
1: like six times, like the yeah. six different episodes of, you know, yeah. because it, that was the Hamilton year um, yeah. uh, because all of them had, done mm-hmm. svu or, or yeah. had done law and order in some way like that season you know mm-hmm. and then it was just like danny bursting over the years and they went all yeah. the way back to like the night like the early 90s and late. you yeah. know it was so cool that's so I cool
0: remember that was the year also fiddler because a lot of people thought danny was going to win because the hamilton people were going to split the vote but then leslie won
1: mm. yeah 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 drama
0: yeah. it's fine danny eventually won his tony and i and i cried because i love him dearly
1: yeah. he's yeah. he's one of the best he, like yeah. you know getting to work with him uh on moulin rouge just like you know they say don't meet your heroes but if you if you can meet and work with danny Burstein, it's just the the greatest he's the greatest yeah oh, i'm sorry my phone is ringing that's so embarrassing Hold on. that's fine I that's so like unprofessional it's oh fun. yeah that's <laughs> so unprofessional that the phone is ringing during the podcast come on joe is this your first is this your first outing um
0: who is it anybody exciting you can pick it up i don't care no it's
1: it's the it's my my building it's the super because our our dishwasher doesn't work (laughs) our dishwasher's broken so i think they're calling about when they can come fix it which would be great that would be great
0: so um, i just put something in my with my building the other day like my bathtub is clogged come fix it and then they just like called up early can we come up i'm like yeah sure
1: yeah that's it so um yeah, what were we talking
0: about? New Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, New Amsterdam. In- New Danny University. Burstein. Don't Meet Your Heroes. SVU. Law and yeah. Order. Yeah, but I, I haven't mean, done I can, any of this. Yeah. yeah, I can just talk about Danny Burstein if you want. Let's talk. No,
1: I'm just no. I mean, I just, I just love that man. He is so freaking good. Um,
0: I feel like you will not find a single person who will say anything bad about him.
1: No, I, I have yet, i have yet to find, and like truly, like this is yeah. not like a, you know, like like a press talking point thing. Like truly, he's just like the greatest. Yeah, he's the greatest. So,
0: yeah, I don't know him personally. Like I've met him at like stage doors and stuff, but he's just Uh, I just want him to play my dad at some yeah. point in my life. Yeah, that's just what I want. I don't ask for a lot. Yeah, just, you know, Harry Styles to play medicine when I see him at Madison Square Garden for mm-hmm. Danny Bursting to play my dad one day. Yeah, that's these it. are good.
1: Yeah, you yeah. could do that. That's Yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could do I all don't that
0: have control over either one, but, you know, it'd be great. How did, how did Maisel happen?
1: Uh, Similar, you know, just another audition, but, but right smack that that was in the, in March of 21, Mm -hmm. very much still like, you know, on COVID lockdown, Um, shows had started to creep back in the fall of 2020 TV shows had started to creep back in the fall of 2020. Um, And then that was either the first or second time that I had auditioned for Maisel mm-hmm. um, and just sent in a self tape, no big deal. And then my wife and I uh did our first like little mini get out of our apartment thing over you know, we hadn't basically gone anywhere um throughout, you know, for all of 2020. And so we rented a uh, Airbnb uh up in the Catskills and I got a callback, a vert a Zoom callback. Mm-hmm. Um had to drive back to the city two hours to get a suit and then drive. And then we, I decided, we decided to drive back out to this cabin and I did the zoom callback from this Airbnb cabin in the middle of the Catskills with like very mediocre wifi, um, in front of a window. So that like I had light or whatever. And yeah. And did it all over zoom. I mean, that's still the, that's still the world of the zoom callback. That's still a thing yeah. that happens.
0: We're recording over zoom right now. So we are yeah. we very much are. Yeah. I used to, with my old apartment, it was bigger. And when I started my podcast, I would have people come over to my apartment and then, you know, the pandemic happened. And then I started up my podcast again, zoom, zooming. It is zooming. It is. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: I have a smaller apartment anyway, so I'm not going to have like, you schlep all the way down here to be like, come sit in my tiny studio apartment (laughs)
1: no that's what we did that's what dan and i did when we we, we had our podcast because he, he was living in in a studio apartment in chelsea with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and his girlfriend um was uh working uh in an office she had you know quote regular job and she was working in an office and uh and so she'd leave and so we would like use the apartment as as our podcast like recording space and like we had some very very fancy awesome people in this really Tiny, tiny studio, yeah, um you know, like Gavin Creel came to the studio and like sat on, I guess we did have a chair for him, but it was very it's very low budget, like you know, like, and he was like so generous with his time
0: i honestly, I don't think theater people care, I don't either, yeah, and I just think they're just happy to do it,
1: yeah, well, because like everybody's trying to make stuff, everybody's grinding, everybody yeah. you know, the theater's a very small community, and we all just you know want to support each other and you know whether it's doing a podcast or like, Hey, I wrote this thing. Will you do a reading of it? Like everybody's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's what we do. People are very generous that way. So
0: yeah, I have this person, like I mentioned earlier before we started, like I have this person coming on in September and I, I honestly cannot believe they said yes. Yeah. And they're kind of a well-known in more so in the UK, they're pretty known. So yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, I yeah. Can't. I just made a face. Nobody could have seen it except. No, it's a big face. Big face. Yeah, big fa- yeah that's an
1: awesome face. A mind
0: yeah. blown. Yeah. See what I
1: love it though, that like you <laughs> you sit around right when I came over. You're like, you're like, hey, so it's like just, you know, I got some bigger people than you yeah. showing up in the next couple of weeks. Guess yeah. what? and I was like, honestly, I, I appreciate
0: that no.
1: massively. And good for you.
0: Yeah. Well, no, um, it's funny too, because I like posted something on Facebook the other day. I'm like, I have somebody really cool coming on in September. And I'm like that's really cool, cruel. <laughs> cruel because Joe is really wonderful. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want people to think that I'm like bashing you in any way.
1: You can't. No,
0: you're delightful and wonderful, and I'm so happy that you said yes to do this because oh if I yeah. had the opportunity to work with you as much as I can, I would.
1: No, I just I, I I appreciate that, and and likewise, and ditto, and you know, it's. But again, like you said, it's just you know, theater people. We have we will, yeah. whether it's do your reading or sing at your benefit or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, that's just, you know, we, this is what we do. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I we, like
1: talking about ourselves. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, of course, you, you know, just let me just sit here and talk about myself for an hour. Like, well,
0: like, that's why ooh-hoo. the podcast has gone for so long. <laughs> I'm just trying.
1: right. Right.
0: Well, no, people, listen, everybody, if they have the chance to talk about themselves and what they love doing, you know, why the fuck not?
1: Yeah. It's like some people, <sighs> some people like it. Some people hate it but you know i don't know. i don't,
0: right don't mind down. it yeah yeah so um let's talk about five days at memorial am i saying it correctly
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so it is a new show on apple tv plus am i okay mm-hmm. yep. it has academy award nominated vera formiga as the lead mm-hmm. and it's about you want to tell the kids at home what's it about so i don't have to take it away yeah from-
1: it is a it is a very um it's a comedy no it is one of the darkest stories i've ever for, certainly read it's based on a it's a true okay it's based on the show is based on actual events mm-hmm. and they've asked us to be uh clear about that because it's based on a, uh, a, a book, a, a, a sort of um, the book Five Days of Memorial, written by Sherry Fink. Is, it was, uh, expand, that book was expanded um, on a Peabody Award winning uh, article, investigative journalistic article that she wrote about what happened at Memorial Hospital after Katrina. So it's about these doctors and patients. And people in New Orleans uh, after Katrina, and the just complete chaos that ensued um, after the levees broke, um, and you know life or death situations, and and you know all of these things. Like it's just, it's it's an incredible story. Um, but it's just, it's, it's hard, man. It's a hard, it's, it's one that everybody, you know, friends who are watching it are like, this is hard to watch, but people really need to know about this. Like it's worth your time as a viewer, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that viewers feel that way because it does leave you like for me, like we watch it and then I have to like watch an episode of new girl before I go to bed. You know, it's kind of one of those it's, um, but it's, it's an incredible, um, kind of who-do-you-call mm-hmm. story, you know? And um, I have a small part. Uh, I have a handful of scenes over the course of, um, I think I'm in four or five episodes now, the, the way that it was all cut together, um, of uh, I play um, a business development executive who is kind of the only one, and I'm like an amalgam of many characters from uh, the, um, the book and from the article, uh, that I, I, am a character who works for the company that owns the hospital. So the doctors are like emailing Mm -hmm. the corporate headquarters and saying, you know, Hey, we need help. We need help. We need help. And nobody was coming to rescue them. No one was, no one was helping. And this guy that I play who is based on a handful of people, uh, sort of compiled into one, uh, tries to help, tries to (laughs) You know, sends some helicopters and tries to do what he can from a computer uh in Dallas where the corporate headquarters uh of you know were headquarter headquartered anyway um that's a long rambling way to explain it. It's hard to expl- to talk about because it's just so it's heavy basically what you find out in the first five seconds of the show. So it's not giving anything away. It's literally in the opening, like before the credits even roll. Mm-hmm. Um, investigators pull into Memorial Hospital after it's been evacuated. And there are 45 people dead uh, that were found in the, in the hospital, like in the lobby, in the chapel. Um, and these investigators basically go like, what the hell happened here? And so it's basically trying to figure out how did these people, how did all of these people die? And what and what happened in the aftermath of the hurricane, and you know it's the fifteen year anniversary of Katrina right now uh this this fall, and just so many things didn't work that should have worked mm-hmm. and so you know, I hope that people watch it. I hope it's not too difficult, but sometimes art's supposed to be you know that's a pretty pretentious thing to say, but um okay. <laughs> but you know. Um, but I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really, really incredibly. And I was so grateful to be a part of it. Um, I had to quarantine in Canada. We shot it in Toronto, I had to quarantine in Canada for two weeks. So that was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's neat. I I hope that people like it because yeah, yeah, it's pretty special.
0: Yeah. It's also sounds like a very important story that needs to be told.
1: Yeah. And it's while she is writing, I read the book um while I was quarantining. so it's a it's a thick book it's like a thick you know book that she it's hard to read as it's hard to watch but um uh this you know she's an incredible investigative journalist writes this book about all of the failings of of what happened after katrina and then uh I get on set and and she's currently writing a book about the pandemic mm-hmm. about covid, and I was like, oh my god it's the same story basically like there's so many parallels between what happened and what didn't happen more than anything what didn't happen yeah you know um and hopefully the things that come to light from this story as they did from the book like a lot changed after the book was written and the article was written and she exposed all of the failings that you know of the of the system um a lot changed um like for example this i this might Give away a little bit, but basically there was a whole issue in the story about the generators, right? So the water levels rising, the yeah. levees, and a lot of people don't realize that what happened was the flooding was actually from Lake Pontchartrain. Mm-hmm. So the way that New Orleans is settled, it's between all of these, it's below sea level and it's, um, it's you know, between the, the Gulf of Mexico and then the P- Lake Pontchartrain to the north. And that was what flooded. So the water actually broke the levees of Lake Pontchartrain in the north, and that's what flooded Um, And that's where a lot of this devastation took place. So the water level is rising. The generators, backup generators for these hospitals were in the basements. They're on like the first floor. So I don't know anything about anything, but I know that like backup generators getting wet, not good. So one of the things that changed after this you know one of the main things that that changed and around like hurricane sandy was that backup generators for basically all hospitals across the united states are moved to a fl- an upper level floor yeah so even if you're you're not in new orleans or you mm-hmm. know south street seaport you know and the, these these generators have been moved because yeah. uh, that was a huge problem um and so you know things like that and they, anyway it's just it's just crazy so um you know worth a watch and I hope people like it and then if you have to watch the great British baking show before you go to bed mm-hmm. I totally get it
0: I told my therapist that she needs to watch British Bake Off because it's like the world needs British Bake Off and Queer Eye just to feel better about everything
1: I-, I watched both of those shows at least twice all the way through both of every episode throughout the course of 2020 and 21 okay. like those two but yes just yeah. joy love happiness we wake up every day and we read the new york times and that's important too but so is british people being nice to each other and making cakes
0: well you know they're actually doing an american version of british bake-off with paul Mm -hmm. hollywood and prue are the judges good and ellie kemper and like some other person whose name i can't think of or think of their face right now or the host perfect perfect Perfect. I just hope it's like, and it's because if you go on YouTube, you can see clips of like the celebrity stand up to cancer ones mm-hmm. clips that they have of them. It's very funny because the celebrities yep. are just like, I don't know how to bake, but here you go.
1: Great. Yeah. Perfect. I love, I love that. I hope that we don't mess it up. You know, like, you know, sometimes Americans can really mess stuff up, but you know.
0: Well, I'm hoping that if it's like the same team behind British Bake Off, they'll find like the pure souls. They'll have like a granny from the Midwest and like (laughs) someone from like Queens who you wouldn't think can bake, but is really good.
1: Right, right, Um, right. Let's check a lot of the the different boxes. I hope so. I, I love it. I just want more of that. I just want the show to like, I want them to do two or three seasons a year. Yeah, but they're 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 holding out on us. There's a new one coming. I've heard, I've read, but uh, it's yeah. not out yet. So
0: yeah, well, Saturday I just binge watched the entire season of this British competition series on Netflix called Glow Up about makeup artists.
1: Great. They've Great. Uh, I think I need that.
0: Oh. I think I need that. Yeah, and they have Instagram filters because that was one of their challenges. It's like become an you know like do your makeup or like design a makeup that can also be a filter on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, I want that. Uh, now here we are. Do you prefer or what, how do I phrase this? Cause I'm trying to, so you've done, you've done stage, you've done TV, you've done this, you've done that. Is there a medium that you prefer performing in?
1: Um,
0: um,
1: I don't necessarily pr- prefer a medium. I prefer... Like it's hard, like the I prefer the life stuff. I prefer the life of of working on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning uh, you know, even if you're working 14 hours a day, you have your weekends off. Yeah. You get to like give it 110% and then you get to walk away from it and mm-hmm. do something different the next day. I am a person who gets bored very easily. So like my biggest struggle with doing eight shows a week is just staying mentally sharp and fresh and mm-hmm. you know making every day like the first time you've ever done it um so that i like that stuff but actually being in a scene with somebody on stage i prefer like i wouldn't tra- trade that i wouldn't share like singing on stage in front of people or being in a scene with somebody mm-hmm. in front of a live audience like you can't beat that that's the greatest thing in the world like the end of for the first time in forever mm-hmm. everybody comes down stage mm-hmm. you know um patty's hitting the high note and there's a cast of 40 standing on the edge of the stage and two thousand people go crazy like that's just the greatest thing. like you can't yeah you can't beat that you can't beat being in a scene with somebody you can't beat being in a scene with patty murin yeah like I
0: mean, she's great
1: she's like she's iconic but yeah. that being said you know that grind that year-long year plus plus HO week grind is is tough it's really hard um. So I and you know, but yeah, that's kind of a, a non-answer. But yeah, I get bored easily, so my answer is both. I want to keep doing both as much as possible, just more of it, frankly. Or just know?
0: virtual <laughs> readings for one night, uh, right? Exactly. That's Adam what I, plays Yes, that's that's it. what I want. Yeah, that's what. Just I want. Adam Rap plays nothing else. Maybe no, a little I cute. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is there really any? This kind of goes into like the dream roles that I asked for you to have, but um, is there any person or playwright or or composer or director or someone you haven't worked with that you would wanna work with or do a a show of theirs mm.
1: playwright composer. I you know, I you asked me that question in the email and I obviously didn't do my homework. But um, you yeah. know, uh, but I would love to work with Jason Robert Brown. Mm-hmm. Um I've never done one of his shows. Um I would love to I went to college, I know Benj Passick personally. I know Benj and Justin just like as friends, like through Mm -hmm. just the business, but I've never worked with them. Mm -hmm. Had one of my greatest auditions, not not like I did a good job, but just auditioned feelings. I auditioned for the original production of Dogfight. Mm -hmm. And I was 22 or 21 and I didn't know anything. And they kind of called me in from a video that they saw and they were so kind and the room was so joyful um and that was a million years ago and i just you know uh but so something of theirs i would love to do um i'm trying to think of like other people yeah you know like film wise tv wise like jj abrams or um you know vince gilligan i'm really deep into uh better call saul right now as they finish up i'm 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 a season behind but i'm catching up that like i just love you know Oh, here's one. Okay. Um uh Coleman Domingo. It, do you know Coleman Domingo? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of my absolute favorite actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, also a playwright. Passing Strange is my favorite musical. If you haven't seen the Spike Lee filming of Passing Strange, it is on. It used to be on Netflix, and now you can just rent it on 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 iTunes. Um unbelievable it's my favorite theatrical period piece period and he's unbelievable in it I would love to just be in a room with him I would love to just like I don't think I'd be able to handle it you know because like people get like starstruck you know like oh my gosh you know
0: I cried both times I met Laura Linney I get it
1: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. like exactly you know you you just you can't you don't know when it's going to happen and I don't really get starstruck like I got starstruck when I met Glenn Hansard you know a lot of people he could walk down the street people don't know who he is yeah he's one of you know but i met him i couldn't speak
0: Yeah. yeah unbelievable yeah
1: um but i could i got starstruck then i've met a lot of cool people and i can't i don't really get very starstruck but i feel like if i were to meet him i would not be able to contain myself because the opening of act two of passing strange he does this performance art piece and i still think about that on a daily basis so he also writes so like if he were to Mm -hmm. come up with anything um Mm -hmm. that yeah so that's yeah that's a pretty good list right
0: yeah so i guess that's a good segue into your top going theater experiences so passing strange is one of them
1: which i actually never saw live i I only saw the video um
0: i will fully admit i haven't seen either i know
1: yeah so um i was in london we were studying it studying at RADA, and um uh it was a time like I was, you know, I was, I was in college and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do this for my life. You know, it's really hard. Blah, 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 blah. was kind of like in a down sort of era early coming out of, you know, this musical theater grind and then studying abroad or whatever. And uh, my friend uh, Matt Wood said to me, have you seen because, you know, he goes to NYU and he gets to see everything. And I'm at Michigan. He's like, have you seen Passing Strange? No. So we sat up. We turned it on at like midnight, mm-hmm. and it was like so two thirty in the morning or something. We finished mm-hmm. watching this this thing, and it just completely changed my whole life of like what what is possible. Yeah. in theater it is true storytelling narrator focus the guy who you know Stu, who wrote it it's semi-autobiographical it's all about a kid and his mom and a kid's relationship with music and art and everything and it just completely changed my life and still i listened to it on the subway the other night like i listened to the whole i don't listen to a lot of show tunes like mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. on spotify uh these days yeah. but um you know Sands like a, a, you know a sondheim binge from time to time mm-hmm. um but uh I did just like I listen to that like once every 6 months and I'll watch the video a couple times a year if I'm feeling like artistically stunted. Yeah. You know. I'll just turn that on. It makes me happy every time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything else other than Fast and strange?
1: Uh watching once mm-hmm. for sure. We talked we already nerded out about that, but we can, being
0: we it, can continually nerd out about once yeah. whenever. <laughs> I'm here for it.
1: But like being in the audience mm-hmm. of that show?
0: You and, saw the original cast, right?
1: Yeah, saw the whole original cast.
0: I was going to say earlier, I actually did see your friend Ben Hope go on for Guy because um, I think that's like when Steve Kazee hurt his throat or uh-huh. balls or whatever. Yeah. That's when I saw him go on.
1: Yeah. Just the coolest thing. Yeah. Just being in the audience for that. Absolutely life-changing. Um, being going to see Sleep No More was uh-huh. pretty life-changing right after they opened. Um, I saw that right after it opened and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. Um uh the revival of Sunday in the park with George. Which one? Annalie Ashford mm-hmm. just are you like she can do no wrong.
0: Yeah, you know, she's rumored to be doing Sweeney Todd with Josh Groban.
1: I did, I, I heard about that, and I actually know one other piece of casting that I cannot talk about, like truly sworn to secrecy. There are three offers that have been made, apparently. Uh, rumor has it and it will and, end up being on the Broadway oh, world board and then
0: I, will pick it up.
1: I'm so excited for that because exactly. she's going to be amazing. But I'm not no I'm not. I I, I it's not me. But um, Imagine
0: if it was you and you would be like haha. <laughs>
1: right, just just like that'd be some really good um Hollywood uh Broadway, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. Behind the scenesery, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know it. if you
0: follow Demoa on Instagram. Mm-mm. It's kind of like a gossip girl type thing okay. where people, like send in blinds and my friends and I both follow it. And she's also like a huge theater nerd. And we're just like, it's really funny because like it's mentioned on the Broadway world boards and then it ends up on <laughs> It's like... <laughs> Yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So the revival of Sunday, did you see it at city center?
1: No, I just saw it. I saw it when it transferred. Um, uh, honestly, the end of the woods. I saw that at City Center. Mm-hmm. That was a core. That's gonna be a core theatrical memory. Yeah. Um. Especially unbelievable. Oh my god. Yeah. And I, I produced. Um, I was a producer on James Ortiz, who did the the puppetry, mm-hmm. uh, who invented Milky White. Yeah. Um. Uh. He did a show uh, a number of years ago called The Woodsman. Off Broadway, and I um, was a co-producer. Uh, I raised some money for that. that was my first time ever producing one of the coolest experiences ever. um He's incredible if he's like the greatest Instagram follow ever because every like when he gets bored, he'll just like build himself like the world's greatest green goblin costume that you've ever seen and just like post a bunch of pictures on Instagram. so just like check check him out the guy who he's just he's incredible um uh what else though? yeah, like I probably have a million of them. You know, like going. I, I saw Eartha Kit in Cinderella on tour when I was like 10.
0: That's incredible. Uh,
1: I saw the original production, the out of triad of Aida um, nice. when I was 10 years old. So, and I, this is just a separate plug for our podcast. I have an, a pretty, not to toot my own horn, a pretty re- amazing story about the out-of-town triad of Aida that I talked to Adam Pascal about on our podcast. So go check if you want to listen to that. That is adam pascal comes on the show that was really fun yeah what the hell else like um
0: doing a reading of red light Winner.
1: doing a reading of red light Winner for sure it's yeah. gonna um, keep
0: plugging that it's not available anywhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> until we revive it
0: oh until we not. like
1: do an actual production of it
0: why not i mean yeah. i would direct it yeah
1: do yeah. it or yeah. maybe
0: like adam should just put that cast in a movie
1: great he was Let's talking
0: about it and i was saying to myself I'm like just cast these people yeah right here. why not why not yeah
1: um yeah what else what are yours do you have any
0: i have a lot um once the history boys um the ferryman
1: mm-hmm. the ferryman is incredible yeah
0: brief encounter
1: yeah uh, my yeah. wife and i still quote from the ferryman <laughs> so many quotable moments but when the old i th- I feel the little kids are sitting around, and the one little girl that we saw uh they do like a prophecy and or yeah. whatever, and then the the woman' like you're you're gonna have nine kids and the little the little girl goes, Nine kids, fuck me blue, <laughs> and I, I still like think about that line reading and this like iconic yeah seven year old or yeah. maybe she was like you know i don't know older, but
0: oh, well, I was in London when I was on the west end, and I said to my friend i'm like it's coming to New York. I don't need to see this. And then mm. I was kind of like, man, I wish I saw it. But it was the same cast, yeah, the yeah. original. And a guy friend and I saw it, and I was like, Ugh. we were yeah. just freaking out about it. And then I ended up seeing it like a few weeks later in a much better seat, nice. and I, I still was like freaked out by the ending. Not a bad way, but just like I knew it was coming, but right, it was right, right, right. And I'm working on my terrible, terrible Irish accent to one day play Caitlin Kearney. One
1: perfect, guy. perfect, yeah. absolutely.
0: I think of what else. It really, next fall when I saw it on Broadway it was great. Um, then Danny Burstein and Beth Level and Drowsy Chaperone and yep. Leah Schreiber and Talk Radio. Mm. As I saw it when I was in college and I just remember specifically saying to myself, oh, so that's what acting is. Yeah. When I was in college. Yeah. And I'm sure they're I'm trying to think of like other things but I can't think of them. But I already told you my one thing and
1: that's so fun to just nerd out about once. Like, that's just, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up and that you have like a shared affinity for that because that's so fun yeah. for me.
0: Yeah, no, I just, when I, my old job was working as a hotel concierge and they, everybody knew I was like the theater nerd of the company. Right. People were like, oh, once it's so boring. I was like, just stop. Because, yeah. you know, everybody feels a certain way. Like, there are some shows that I'm not a huge fan of. True. Sure. But you know, for me, I loved ones and people are like, How could you like it? It's this, it's this. I'm like, you can like in the heights. I don't have to like in the heights. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can, you know, know? there's theater, there's theater for everybody. There's theater for everybody. Yeah.
0: You know, and I I pride myself on being really good at like picking out not so much anymore, but like that job, I was very good at picking out shows for people. And Mm. they're like, But the reviews, I'm like, the reviews are gonna say whatever they're gonna say trust me you will like this show and I right. say just because I am not a fan of the show doesn't mean that you're gonna like not gonna like it right. you'd be like what do you think of the show and I'd be like, I'm not a fan of it yeah like straight up tell them and then I would say but
1: but I think that you you know yeah yeah if you have never seen I mean there's yeah totally I'm with you yeah.
0: trying to think what now I'm like actually thinking about what are other theater experiences I enjoyed so much yeah that's 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 it for now I, I mean I also. I did go to the uh, anniversary concert of Light in the Piazza, which is my favorite musical. And I just, whenever I just need to have a good cry, I'll put on the overture of Light in the Piazza and I'll just cry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. That's some good theater nerd shit right there.
0: Yeah. And I just, the entire second act, I was crying and I was walking home and I heard some guy on the phone saying, yeah, I have a subscription because you know to Lincoln Center, and they have these tickets to this thing, and I went there tonight. Everybody around me was crying.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Oh man, do you have any dream roles?
1: Um, you know, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 cop out answer is like stuff that hasn't been written yet. Um. I, I just want
0: to say you that you're not the only person to have said that and you won't be the last. And yeah. I, whatever. I think,
1: I think I'm in an era where like, you know, sh- sure. I have dream roles, you know, like, you know, George and Sunday and, and bridges Madison County. And, you know, like, you know, uh, there are so many things that I I want to do, but um, I think that like in theater school and when you're, when you're coming up so often you are Put in revivals like i feel like i know how to audition for revivals
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i have a bfa in musical theater that is kind of a bfa in in stuff that's already been written yeah. right you know i can go to lincoln center and i can watch pa- patrick wilson and the full monty and then i can go audition for the full monty with an idea of what was created yeah i still am trying to figure out what it's like to originate stuff what it's like to actually come in and and have a creative team be like, I want Joe, you know, to do this thing, the way that they want Danny Burstein to do it. I just like, I just want to be Danny Burstein when I grow up. And he said, he said, I know we just talked about it. This is like the Danny Burstein Stan podcast. He was like, he said during my only goal was to have the respect of my peers Mm-hmm. in my career was one of the things that he said. And I was, and that is the most true. He accomplished that. He yeah. so has the respect of his peers, his, you know, creators and, you know, collaborators. And I just, that's, that's what I want to do. And so. Yeah. Like, you say know, though, yeah. you
0: have been lucky enough to kind of have moments in your career like that, because even though you were going into roles that were already created, like once it was a, an original musical even though it was quote-unquote jukebox and you got to create for a bandstand
1: i did get to create for bandstand for sure i mean i had the luxury of like watching will Connolly in once and just being like okay i'm gonna do you know my version of 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 what i think this guy is that will Connolly created you know i'm gonna yeah. do my version of what david avalus david avalus created i'm gonna do my version of what santino fontana created mm-hmm with 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 bandstand it was like it was it, it was it was as close as i've gotten i want more more experiences like that but i do know that a huge reason i got cast in that show was was that i could play the drums you yeah. know. and that's okay that's great that's who i am mm-hmm. i am a drummer I, i'm a musician as, as much as i'm anything else but you know i don't know i just i want i just want people to continue to be like oh yeah like i think joe could do something with this yeah That that we that is not on the page you know Um, so yeah, that's kind of the answer to that. And then just more Shakespeare. I just want to do more plays. I want to do more Shakespeare and, you know, um, I haven't gotten to do any since Romeo and Juliet. Um, but you know, maybe it's, they're not going anywhere. Like you said, I can just go to the park and do like, you know, just, I could just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't have to pay anybody for the royalties. So
0: I will also say you do have a production company, so you can just start making Shakespeare videos. Huh. just saying and you know plenty oh, of good idea performers
1: this is a very good idea this is not no okay all right see now that you are like calling me out like we can we come to the end of this now i'm gonna have to go like do work you know i'm gonna have to go make stuff i don't want to do anything i
0: i think you already i or whomever is listening i'm a pretty creative person and i don't create as much as i would like to because it's just long story that's for not on a podcast i'm um, I'm very good at coming up with ideas for people to do things and be creative in their own ways.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. I'll go make some Shakespeare videos.
0: Perfect. And then like, if you ever need help with any of them, I'm not really great at Shakespeare, but um, I do have the mugs. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a huge Shakespeare textbook though, that I had to get in college. And I, I did a monologue from as you like it for like our final that semester and the professor's like are you a performance whore because apparently I was great with the monologue so amazing yeah it also had like some really good lines in it that my friends were jealous of that I got to say like your um your bugle eyeballs your Mm. of cream
1: good yes
0: I have it on my phone I sometimes will just like sit in my apartment and read it out loud pretending like I can do Shakespeare. So now we're coming to one of the best parts of the podcast, the inside the actor studio questions. Great. So are you ready? Are you excited? Perfect. I'm sorry. This is coming.
1: I didn't. I didn't.
0: Well, you're welcome. Okay. Hit hit me with it. (laughs) What is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word. Mm -hmm. That's different than the favorite swear word, right? Because that's coming.
0: Yes, that is. But if your favorite word is a curse word, you can say that too.
1: Yeah. I think my favorite word is brilliant. I think my favorite word is brilliant.
0: Least favorite word.
1: <sighs> my god, I don't know. My least favorite word. I can't oh my god. Um focus, Joe. Um my least favorite word. Hmm. It's not <laughs> security deposit. It's <laughs> two, two words.
0: It's, we can make it one. It can be a compound <laughs> word in this moment. <clears throat> what turns you on?
1: Red wine.
0: What turns you off? White wine? Be, being,
1: so- yeah, white wine. <laughs> <laughs> being too hot. Being, I, I, I like. I want to live in sixty-five degree weather at all times and drink red wine.
0: <laughs> That's the dream. I was walking around yesterday, sweating so much because it was yeah. so much warmer than I thought it was going to be, yeah. and I didn't appreciate it. Uh, what now? What is your favorite curse word?
1: Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Fuck. It's a great one. It's used so many ways. It's
1: and it's like it's just since moving to New York, my language has gotten absolutely horrifying but it is what it is i am who i am
0: we were cussing plenty before we started recording what sound (laughs) or noise do you love
1: what sound or noise do i love
0: Mm -hmm. other than the passing strange cast recording
1: oh my god i do love that um uh the tuning of a guitar i love
0: what sound or noise do you hate
1: uh feedback in a monitor when you're like sound checking or yeah really like you know somebody fucked up and and now there's like that really horrible white noise that like just burns your eardrums for a second that that just makes me fucking crazy
0: what profession other than yours would you like to attempt no wait i take that i take that back i said it wrong what profession other than your own would you like to attempt yeah i said it right yeah there it is
1: um i i'm quitting i'm qu- i quit being an actor like every probably 3 to 6 hours um i i i i actively i'm like okay well i need you know what else am i going to do um with my life that is more stable more um you know financially blah 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 whatever so i've thought about this question a lot And I guess I, I, and I still don't really know, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm here, I've tried a lot of things. I've gone down the path toward a lot of things. Um, but I do think like, this is kind of heady, but, but I think that if I were to be doing something else, it would probably be something to do with law and something to do with helping people. Like, I just think that like Amal Clooney is like the most incredible person on the planet to be like, you know, a humanitarian, Mm -hmm. you know, a a lawyer, you know, truly, truly helping people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Either that or like, you know, I would love in theory to be like, if you were to ask me like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like to be a showrunner Mm
0: -hmm.
1: would just be an like, I feel like the dream come true to be able to sit and just like, like make stuff happen, sort of be the boss of a, Mm -hmm. of, you know, do what Vince Gilligan does or what JJ Abrams does or, you know, what Carlton Cuse does. I mean, working with Carlton on five days of Memorial, he's like, yeah, I've been showrunning since I was 30 years old. Like that's all I've ever known. And it, and it's just, it feels so full. It feels like such a full creative experience, you know, maybe. So something like that.
0: So what you're going to do with your production company is you're going to take a Shakespeare show, turn it into a TV show and you're going to be a showrunner. Great. Awesome. Thank Long you. Royalties. <laughs> what profession <laughs> Would you not like to do what
1: profession would I not like to do? Yeah. Um, I would not like to be a m- elementary or high school teacher. I think that they are saints, and they should all be paid a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. every single public teacher, public school teacher on the planet. But mm-hmm. I just I don't want to do that.
0: If heaven ex- and finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm. Mm. Um,
1: I struggle a lot with like doing enough, feeling like I'm doing enough mm-hmm. uh, so I feel like if he said something or she most likely she or they say or they said um. Something along the lines of like, you did enough. Mm-hmm. You did everything you could do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something like that. You know? <laughs> or like, you know, like the bars this way, you know, something like that. Like <laughs>
0: it could be a combination of both. It's like, yeah, you did everything you needed to. Yeah. Now there's the bar yeah. open in the back. Open. Yeah.
1: The the, the bar is there. You yeah.
0: Know? Or it just like, that'll do pig. That'll yeah.
1: Pig. Truly. Like, that's kind of what I feel like we're all yeah. looking for as artists is just somebody
0: some validations.
1: somebody to say to you, like, you're on the right track or you, you're yeah. doing, you're doing it, you know? So, yeah.
0: And, and as Mr. Lipton would say, these are your students. And then, you know, the cast, the Q and a would happen with the MFA students quickly though. I'm because again, I did a deep dive into your Instagram as well. You're also teaching.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and that's, I, I've taught ever since I've moved here. Um, I have professional students. Uh, my professional clients are mostly TV and film mm-hmm. actor, you know, people auditioning for TV shows and movies. Um, and I help sort of specializing with, you know, theater actors, making the transition to, mm-hmm. you know, making the jump to screen. And then, um, uh, I work for a company called MTCA musical theater college auditions, which helps high school kids who want to apply to, university musical theater and acting programs pick pick rep and work on acting through song and stuff like that so um yeah i've been doing that for gosh 10 years um and like sorry go ahead no, no no but like you know but in between jobs and stuff you know like when when there's not a lot of of like work it's the it's the main way that like you know my wife and i she works for them too like you know pay our rent and stuff but then otherwise we just love doing it it's kind of like a giving you know giving back and mm-hmm. and as well as something we really enjoy.
0: Yeah, are you also can you also be found on Broadway Plus? I can. Yes. I can. That's how I met Adam Pascal was through Broadway Plus cuz my sister got me a gift certificate and was like use it to get people on your podcast. <laughs> I'm like,
1: oh my god, amazing. No, going to
0: happen, but she's like you can't use it for like a voice lesson. It was like I'm not going to sing in front of them
1: that's so funny yeah i uh i i just looked this up actually now that i'm talking to you i am on broadway plus it's been um uh yeah so so you can look look me up i guess
0: is broadway plus still as popular now that the pandemic i mean it's still happening but it's not what it it was
1: i think so yeah
0: yeah i still think i have money on my gift card and i'm like who do i want to virtually meet yeah that i haven't virtually met already from working with them on a reading. Yeah. 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 David Albies is actually on my list of people. Although I did meet him at the stage door of Harry Potter. And I kind of like geeked out. I'm like, I saw you in once I saw you in great comet and you're in this. And he was kind of like, Oh my God, I have a fan.
1: Yeah. When great. he's such a, he said to like, you know, working steady mm-hmm. act, you know, family man. Yeah. Uh, working actor, you know, like he's not a, f- uh, uh, a, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you appreciate that. I love David. He's, he's the greatest. Yeah. He's such a great guy.
0: Yeah. And I was like, you probably understood it. Ron. He's like, I do. I'm like, he's like, you'll have to see me when I'm on. I'm like, you'll have to let me know. And now he's playing Ron Weasley on Broadway and I saw it and it was wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. So final things. Do you, how, What am I saying, I don't know anymore. I'm also very tired. So I apologize.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: Great. Right. Forget- Welcome to, should we talk about once more before I figure out what I was going to, (laughs) what I was going to ask you. So we're like, what do you want to do more of? Is there, do you want to do more stage? I mean, I know we talked about a little bit, but where do you foresee yourself in the next, however long, what do you want to do more of?
1: Um, I think I'd like, yeah.
0: I, I, becoming I'm becoming a showrunner on your Shakespeare of
1: show. my Shakespeare show. Um, yeah, on YouTube, you know? Else. Yeah. I, um, I kind of just, you know, just like more of it. Honestly, I I'm excited for the, the, um, the world to continue to do what it does, you know, like continue to open a little bit, you know, like I, th- I think that the Broadway community is still figuring out mm-hmm. kind of how to live right now, how to exist. Um, and, uh, so I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for the stuff that's happening and for like, you know, cause we really just like this past year had the Broadway season of 2020. It yeah. felt like, you know, like with company and everything, just like, you know, um, so, okay, great. Everybody was able to do that. Matt Doyle is one of my dearest friends and he was, you know, been doing this for four years. It feels like, and now like I get to actually do the thing. So um, yeah, just more of it. I'd let you know more, more, you know, I'd love to be a regular on a show. I'd love to do a show in New York, like, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to recur or be a regular on a show at home in, you know, at home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it.
0: Yeah. And lastly, mm. why do you think theater is important?
1: Um, I think that it is a community in its truest definition Because it is, it's a place for people to feel connected and to feel a part of something from an audience and, you know, from a viewer, you know, the viewing and audience standpoint and for the people on stage doing it, Mm -hmm. like we're all a part of this thing Mm -hmm. and we as humans want community and we want connection. Yeah. And so yes, it can change minds and hearts and it can make you think about things and you know, like Danny Burstein's article in the New York Times about like, you know, I learned about, you know, I learned about life through theater. And it's like, that is so true. And I feel the same way, but also I just feel like it's community. You know, you sit down next to somebody and, you know, you guys are going to watch some show together and that is, you guys are in it together. And I think that that's the most special and most important part of it and why it will continue, you know? So, yeah. I don't know if that's particularly profound but that's it that's that's, that's, that's it. all I got
0: that's your feeling and that's your take
1: that's it that's mm-hmm. that's it
0: well anything else you'd like to add <laughs> questions problems concerns life advice needed or wanting to give
1: always life advice um but that's it that's yeah. it for me i think you know work i think it's work. i think it's a almost happy hour so yeah it, um,
0: red wine is calling you somewhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it
0: yeah. So if oh. you're ever back on Broadway, you want to send Joe something, just make, is there a particular type of red you like?
1: Oh my gosh. Just brown liquor or red wine. And, yeah. and I'd be your best friend forever. I, like, like, I, like, um, Rioja. I like, I like him. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cause I'm Spanish. What's it? What does he say? Uh, Rioja. Cause he's Spanish, right? Um,
0: my Spanish ancestors.
1: Spanish ancestors.
0: See, so I can quote that more than I can the ferryman, but yeah. Yeah. My Spanish ancestors.
1: Yeah, this is from once, ladies and yeah. gentlemen.
0: Um, okay, yeah. we're just geeking out over it. Maybe we should just have another podcast where we just talk about everything once.
1: Yeah, just break it down scene by scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. So, yeah. uh, said so thank you.
0: Well, thank you. You can stay on once I stop recording, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And if you want to work with Joe, reach out and listen to his podcast with Dan Tracy, wherever podcasts are found. And thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye.